Boys and girls, scooch in just a little bit and come a little closer if you can, all right? Because this Christmas Eve, I'm going to tell you a story, all right? In a land far, far away lived the good king Adonai. His kingdom was the most beautiful kingdom you've ever seen in your life. Way far up in the north, you had these huge, tall mountains filled with glorious blue spruce trees. And the water ran clear out of those mountains all the way down into the city. Where it went down, way down into the southern end of the kingdom, within an hour you could be from those mountains to the beach where it was warm and you could go swimming in the beautiful ocean. This land was not only good for farming, but those trees were so tall and strong, it was great for timber. And the people loved King Adonai. He was fair, he was kind, he was just, and he was merciful. And he defended his people. When invaders would come, he and the royal guard would defend the people. And they loved him and they worked hard for the kingdom out of great gratitude. But there was one who wanted Adonai's throne. He was the evil wizard, Krubis. Can you guys say Krubis? So every time I say Krubis, I want you to go boo. All right, all right, boo, not yay. Antagonists, every one of them. Krubus, boo. All right, we won't do that anymore, all right? Uh, I used to be a teacher. Well, the wizard decided he wanted to be king. Instead of Adonai. And he thought, and he thought, what can I do? The people love him so much. I got it, he thought. I'm going to cast a spell all over the wells around the city. And when they drink it, the spell will cloud their vision. And they won't sing King Adonai for the good king that he is. They will see him differently. They will see one another differently. And then there'll be utter chaos. And they will start to listen to me rather than to him. And so he did this in the middle of the night. He came and cast a spell over all the wells around the land. And the people came out in the morning and like they always did. And they got their water. And all of a sudden their eyes were cloudy. And they couldn't see King Adonai and one another the way they did before. And they all started to do things their way, and their ways didn't always agree. So they started to fight each other. They started to steal from one another. They didn't listen to their parents. They didn't listen to their teachers. It was absolute chaos. And the royal guard was going through the town and said, what in the world's going on here? So they railed their horses back to the castle where the water was not tainted by the wizard's spell. And they said, Your Majesty, your people are going crazy. They're not listening to us. They're not listening to one another. They're stealing from one another. They're hurting from one another. we got to do something. And one of the royal guards said, I know what we can do. We can just go down into the city and arrest them all. 
And the king said, no, I love my people. They have a will. I made them with a will for their own. They, they, they got to figure this out. We got to do something, but that's not it. And then the colonel said, your majesty, I have a great high honor in the royal guard. I will go and I will just simply tell them to stop. Don't drink that water. To come up to the castle and get your water from there. And then you'll get healed and you'll see clearly the ways of the kingdom. And you know what? He went down into the village and they beat him up. The royal guard went down and they brought the colonel back and... and they, they couldn't believe it. The people were so mean. And then the general, he said, Your Majesty, I will go. They will respect me. They will do what they've always done. Whatever. They will recognize who I am as your representative. I will go. And so the general went down into the town, and he started to speak, and they got so angry with him that they killed him. Well, this upset everybody, especially the royal guard and the king. And they started to say, your majesty, what can we do? And then the prince came out of the background. The young prince. He was in the reserve officer royal guard corps of the kingdom. He was just a young college student. And he said, Father, you know what we have to do. You know. Because the wizard doesn't know when we created the kingdom of the deep magic that was there. That long, long ago, it was proclaimed that if one would lay down his life, the one who lived perfectly unto the Father his whole life, then the spell would be broken that Krubus had cast. And the father knew that this is what had to happen because he knew in the deep magic it was there's no greater love than one who would lay down his life for his friends. And so they hugged and they embraced and he went through the gates and the prince went down into the city to proclaim and to lay down his life so that the people would come and drink the water and the spell would be broken and they would have a choice. They could stay and continue to drink the bad water, but they would start to see more clearly now the spell is broken, but they'd still have a choice. They could go up to the castle to drink the water or they could stay in the town and be disobedient. Now, in a similar way, that is a very Christmas story. Because this is what God has done for us in Jesus. That he has come as a baby, just like we were when we were babies, to grow up and to lay down his life so that we can have a blessed life, of abundant life, a life full of great joy and happiness now and forever. And you know what? When we receive him, that's what we have. And oh, we're not perfect as we do so. But we are his. And we will be so forever as we trust him.
So let's pray. And then you guys get to go down for a craft while you finish your goldfish. All right. All right. Well, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of just what you've done for us in Christ and in all things, Lord God. We ask that you would be glorified in each and every child here as well as every family. And that, Lord God, we would see you anew this Christmas season because of your great love for us. For we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can follow. Well, as our children are leaving, I just want to spend a few minutes with you adults and grown-ups where we listen to this text that Bob read for us, and we all know it. I mean, every Christmas, my family calls it the Linus text. It's the gospel according to Linus, all right? Not Luke, where he says, lights please. And he beautifully quotes in King James English this story. Now, we want to get really practical tonight and really quick, because I know you got plans. But here's the good news for each and every one of us, because there's four words which these angels speak out, which if we will latch on to them, this Christmas will be like none other before. The angels come to the shepherds and they say, we bring you good news of a great joy, which will be for all people. For today is born to you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Because what this is, is great news of a great joy for everyone that he is Savior Lord. Let's look at that briefly here tonight. This is great news for the shepherds. Now these shepherds, ladies and gentlemen, are the most despised in their culture. Think of the worst sloppy job that you can do in West Virginia, you know? And would you have those guys over for dinner? Probably not in our culture. But the reality is that's who these shepherds were. The angels didn't go to Caesar Augustus, who was ruler at this time. They went to shepherds outside of Bethlehem. I think that shows you the heart of God. And this is great news. The Greek word there carries with it the understanding that this is news that is carried from the battlefront with a huge announcement announcing the results of the battle and people would come with news and this is great news all right when's the last time you turn on a cable news network and found any great news no this is different this is great news and what is it of a great joy for everyone See, you don't have to clean up your act in order to receive this news. This is not about your performance, because so many people think the Christian life is a performance thing, and Christians are the most biggest killjoys in all the world. I'm here to tell you that this community here at Christchurch are some of the most fun-loving people I've ever known in the Christian church. Because each and every one of us, far from perfect... Strive to know this God, love this God who has revealed himself to us and to follow him with the great joy that he's given us. Because it is a joyful thing. Joy is a calm presence of happiness and peace that occurs in my life despite my circumstances. And that's exactly what God gives us. It's not happiness. Happiness ebbs and flows. 
joy is a constant thing, and you even grow in it throughout life. And that's something that every single one of us can have. As we latch on to the angel's announcement of he is our Savior Lord. Savior, meaning he's the one who rescues us. He's the one who literally saves us. Well, some of us don't feel that bad that we need saving. Thank you very much. That some people might feel that way this evening. If that's you, I want to say I'm so glad you're here. Because that was me. I was a great kid. You wouldn't have wanted me to date your daughter, but I was a good kid. All right? I was yes ma'am, no ma'am to my teachers, my coaches. I'd run through the wall for them. I was a good guy. But you know what? It came down to a, a, one sermon which my rector in Virginia once said. He said, where do you think your gifts came from? Where do you think you would be if you weren't here in America and you were in Nigeria. You think you've gotten all where you've gotten to where you are just because of yourself and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps? Oh, there's effort. Yeah, I don't want to begrudge anybody that, but the reality is the blessings that we have are all from God's hand and his sovereignty. The food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, the houses that we live in. Ultimately, they're all from the Lord. And there's also some who need rescuing. That's just the one group that needs rescuing. There's also a group of people who might be thinking, you know, I've screwed it up so bad, there's no hope for me. I want to remind you of the thief that was on the cross next to Jesus. He, He stole. He was a constant thief, and he got caught. And it was to him, Jesus said, Today, you will be with me in paradise. He hadn't done a thing right his entire life, and he was dying for his crimes. And this guy proclaimed, this man in the center of those three crosses has done nothing wrong. And Jesus says, you will be with me today, as he died his last breath. The Bible says that we've all short and we're all sinful and falling short of the glory of God because we all have a God complex, if I'm going to put it in modern 21st century language. Each and every one of us truly want to do life our way. So you know if he's Lord of your life or not, right? You know. You see, the angels are saying he's Savior Lord. He can't be one and not the other. He's both. He already is. So therefore, we have a response. And we can be like so many people who truly just stay in the dark, stumbling, doing life their way, very happy perhaps, but lacking that which is truly satisfying, the peace and the joy which the angels are announcing tonight. So I want to encourage each and every one of us to examine ourselves. Because the Christian worldview is the one that has the explanation for our origin. Has the explanation for our meaning. Has the explanation for the way we live our lives and our morality. And has the explanation for our destiny. 
because this is so important that we understand it's coherent and it's true. Because Luke is writing this, not Linus, to a guy named Theophilus who was a patron of some sort. We have no clue who Theophilus was, but he writes this in the very first chapter. I write this that you may have certainty of that which you've been taught. Certainty is what the Holy Spirit gives each and every one of us as we place our trust in what this baby who grew up and died on the cross for each and every one of us so we can have the abundant life now and forever. Does that certainty describe you tonight? I want to invite you to receive this gift because that's what Paul says in Ephesians. For it's a gift and gifts can only be received. How many of you would just love it if you woke up Christmas morning and your little son or daughter opens a gift and turned around and said, Hey, Dad, how much do I owe you? So many of us treat God like that. And he's holding out the gift that the shepherds have, that the shepherds have received and said, I bring you good news of a great joy, which is for all of you. For today in the city of David, a gift who is Christ the Lord, and to know him and to follow him, not perfectly. As I say often here, there's no perfect people here. There's just redeemed people, clothed in his righteousness, not my own. Because those are the only people God, who God rejects, or the self-righteous. I encourage you to be clothed in his righteousness with us tonight, and for the rest of your lives as we walk through life together here at Christ Church, for his honor and glory. Merry Christmas, my friends. And may you know the joy that is offered to each and every one of us like you never have before. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this night grateful that we have this night. Lord Jesus, if you had not limited all your majestic greatness into the cramped quarters of human nature, we could not know the limitless power and privilege of being your children. If you had not been blind in the womb of your mother Mary, we would never have had the scales drop from our eyes. And if you had not come to die, we could never have received everlasting life. If you had not been broken upon the cross, we had never been mended. Lord, we ask you now that you would forgive us for not loving others as you have loved us at Christmas. Forgive us for not quieting the fears of our hearts with the knowledge of how much you've loved us at Christmas. And now we pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us to adore you for the gift of your Son, who is our hope and our health and our life. And all God's people said, Amen.